Hi there, my dears. It's Ashling Mooney in the Angel Cafe. And today I want to talk about courage, confidence, and especially about the Archangel Michael. So this month in the Angel Circle membership, every single month we take a different angel and we give all of our focus to that angel. And um, this month it's Michael. So Michael comes with the energy of courage. And I've been thinking about this. Obviously, we're a few days into the month and I've been thinking about this and thinking, what does courage look like? And these two stories came into my mind today. And I thought it would be really useful to just speak about that, to just share about that. Um, and it might give you some something to think about when you think about courage. So... There are two different stories. One of them is me. I'm in the story. And another one is something, a story that I heard. It's a true story um, a few years ago. So let us begin. Just a brief, um, my name is Ashling Mooney. You can find it all about me at ashlingmooney.com. I'm an angel intuitive and an author and a spiritual business mentor. And I also host um, an event called the Angel Cafe a couple of times a year. And I have this podcast called The Angel Cafe. So, um, Michael. So, Archangel Michael is probably one of the best known angels in the world. Like, I usually take members in my community through to meet 12 different archangels. But we begin with Archangel Michael because he's one of the most loved, well, most well-known. Almost everybody, if they know anything about angels, will know about Archangel Michael. So his energy is a, is very protective. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, he is, angels can be he or she. So we'll do another episode on more about angels and how you see them. But for right now, I oft, always see Michael as a sort of a male energy. But um, I've also heard from other members of our angel community that they've seen Michael in all sorts of shapes and forms. Um, so, but I generally see Michael as a as a male, so I'll speak as a he. Um, so he brings courage, confidence, that sort of quiet courage, and also moments in your life where you just need some help speaking up, um, um, expressing yourself, standing up to authority. So I'm I'm hoping that these two stories will give you two different sort of things to consider when you when you think about courage. So the first story is before I became an angel intuitive or before I came out as an angel intuitive. <laughs> I've been working with angels for years and years, but to pay the bills, I was a personal development teacher and an art teacher. And um, I got this job uh, working in uh, as part, it, it was a crazy job. It was a an IT and accounting program and I was the sort of soft skills in that whole training program so I was teaching it was called relaxing with art so I was teaching art create creative art um, intuitive art and I was teaching uh, personal development stress management a little bit of nutrition there was a little bit of everything in there so sort of all the alternative 
life. I might have even done a bit of hand massage in there. I don't know what I did, but I was with these uh, people for a year. But anyway, the first time um, I went for the interview, got the job, but I felt like a bit of a fraud. I felt like I'm not a real teacher. All these other people are teaching proper subjects and I'm not a real teacher. And I knew I was there as a sort of a balance or a diversion from all the heavy stuff, being on the computer, uh, teaching IT, accounts, bookkeeping, all of that stuff. So I was sort of uh, to bring a bit of lightness into the program. Um, but I went, I was invited on the, in the first week to go and meet all of my peer teachers. And we were to sit in a conference table with the director of the school, the manager of the program, and then maybe... 10 teachers and I was one of them and I was terrified I was really scared I felt not good enough I felt like a fraud I felt like I'd blagged my way into this program and I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't a real teacher and I was just filled with all of the fear and anxiety and panic that has followed me throughout my life on different occasions <laughs> and I remember saying okay Michael I need to do this um this meeting. I am shit scared. Please um, help me out. Help me to um, to just get through it, to be able to present myself as best I can. So all I had to do was speak for five minutes and just talk about the program I was, I was going to be teaching, what I was going to be doing, and just basically talking to a group of teachers that I would be working with for the year. So it's not really a scary thing looking back on it now, but at that time it was really, really scary for me. So I arrived in, one of my signs of Archangel Michael, I, I'm Irish, I lived in Ireland all of my life, I'm now living in Italy, but one of my signs while I lived in Ireland was the crow. The crow, I just love crows. I think in other parts of the world they might call them ravens. I just love crows. They're one of the most mysterious, most beautiful birds. And when I see crows, I think of Archangel Michael. So that's just a little, that would just make sense later on in the story. So I was um, walking in to this um, room. It was a little prefab. Um, there was a big conference table in the set in the middle and chairs all around. And the director was sitting at the head and I was sitting on the side, surrounded by all these people, strangers that I didn't know and feeling terrified. Had a piece of paper in front of me, what I wanted to say. And I had called in Archangel Michael and had been saying my affirmations and doing everything to just give myself the courage. I'd taken backflare remedies for public speaking, mimulus and large for confidence. I was throwing everything at this. And I said, Michael, just please look after me. Help me to get through it and not make a fool of myself. So I went in, sat down and... Um, Right at the beginning of the meeting, this was a prefab with a tin roof. A crow landed on the roof and started jumping around on the roof and then started crowing and crowing and crowing. So much so that everybody, when they spoke, had to speak at really loud voices <laughs> to be heard over the crowing of the crows. So... At one stage, the director looked up at the roof and said, what the hell is going on today? This has never happened before. It seems that every crow in the area has decided to come on the roof 
and let us know that they're there. And of course, everybody at the stage was in stitches laughing. The humor lifted. Like, and, and I think about it, we were all strangers. So everybody probably had the same fears and doubts and anxieties as I had. But that visit from the crows completely lifted the atmosphere and just gave us permission to just, oh, what the feck, this is not going to be perfect. So when it came to me having my, to do my little mini presentation, I was, I had broken the ice inside of me. I was um, smiling, laughing, and I was able to just share from my heart about what I wanted to do over this, this, um, this year with these people and got lots of positive feedback and was so grateful and left there feeling on cloud nine that I had got through and I was just full of gratitude that Michael had just helped me to be courageous in that moment, to speak out, to do it anyway, even though I was scared. And also just to remind me to not take myself so seriously, you know, just to lighten up. And it was just a wonderful confirmation that Michael was there with me. So that's that's a little story about courage and how you can call on Michael to give you courage in your life. And you might have a different sign that tells you that angels are there with you. For some people, it's feathers. For some people, it's coins. For some people, it could be seeing a rainbow, give some reassurance, seeing butterflies or different animals or birds. So you can choose the sign that you want. But I just have this grah, this love of crows. So, and I, I've chosen that as my, one of my symbols of Archangel Michael. So that's why it sort of made sense to me in that story. So the second story <laughs> is a, looking at courage from a different point of view. So I just love you to just think about courage in it from a different point of view. So um, I heard about this years ago. So one day years ago, the people in Dublin where I used to live woke up to an extreme fog. So people could not see in front of their, past their feet. It was so thick, this fog. And very near to my house, there was this main um, motorway called the M50, which stretches the whole way across Dublin city. And I lived about 10 minutes drive from um, the M50 motorway. And it's constant traffic and um, so it was a really, really foggy day and qu quite probably dangerous for people to drive in that fog. But people had to go to work. So people were getting in their cars and they were going to work. And there were a lot of cars on the M50 that day. And at some time in the morning when the fog was at its thickest, a car braked because it couldn't see and the car next to it bashed into the back of that car and the car next to that bashed into the back of that car and the car next to that bashed into the back of that car and I, I don't know the number but there was easily a 10 car pile up blocking the whole M50 making it difficult for people to pass making it difficult for people to understand because I couldn't see in front of them to see the crash until they were right upon it it was a disaster um, all over the news, um, emergency services were finding it difficult to get there. And this, the part of the story that resonates with me or that made me think, oh my God, wow, 
was there was a woman in her kitchen who was listening to this on the news like I was. And I don't know what her thought processes were, but she immediately began to make tea and sandwiches. And she packed up a bag of tea and sandwiches. She lived right beside the M50. And she managed to get up onto the M50, right where the accident had happened. And she walked around and she gave tea and sandwiches to everybody that was in shock, um, injured, in pain, um, struggling in that moment. The fire services arrived. She gave them tea and sandwiches. Like she created a a party or a feel-good atmosphere in that quite traumatic moment for a lot of people. And when I think about that, it was years later in one of my personal development classes when I was teaching press. This is all years ago. I was telling that story. I was teaching a, a class called Personal Effectiveness. And one of, uh, I, I can't remember what the class was about, but I was, I was talking about this story. And the girl in my class, one girl, said that her father was a fire, firefighter, fireman, and he had arrived at that scene that day and had seen that woman go around and they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe the kindness. Um, so when I think about that, I think it's courage. I, of course, it's an act of kindness. But I think I, I put myself in her shoes and this is probably the thought processes. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that this would have been the thought process that went through my mind. There's a crash on the M50. There's a lot of people. Um, there's a big pile up. I would have thought, oh my God, I'll sit down and say a prayer for them. And I would have probably said a prayer. I would have said, maybe if my, if my heart had said, Ashling, you can help, I would have countered that with my mind and said, sure, the emergency services will get there. Sure, I can't get out. It's too dark. It's too foggy. I can't see my way. It's too dangerous. I won't be any use anyway. I'll probably be in the way. And even if I get on the M50, I won't be able to find where the crash is. How will I be any help? I haven't got any bread in the house. <laughs> I don't have any flasks to put the tea in. What if people want sugar and they don't, or they don't want sugar? How am I going to manage that? I don't even take sugar. Where's the sugar in the house? <laughs> so what I'm trying to say with a bit of tongue in cheek is, you know, that it takes courage to listen to your heart. It takes courage to follow the guidance in your heart. That woman was courageous. She listened to that and she immediately thought, I can help. I've got tea. I've got milk if anyone needs it. I have flasks. If I don't, I can go and get bread on the way. I can pick it up. I can make some sandwiches. She just decided that she was going. She made a decision. It was clear. And she went and she helped and she supported. And she just put herself in that space. And, you know, sometimes when you put yourself in a space like that, there's a fear of rejection. There's a fear of, what are you doing here with tea in the middle of a, this cr crash scene? Like, get out of the way. You're in the way. You know, you're not helping. But there's like that, that there, there was so, there's just so much courage 
And maybe it's just because of all the mind stuff that I would have had to get through to get there with a flask of tea and some sandwiches. And maybe that woman didn't have to get through all of that mind stuff. Maybe she was just, there's a crash. I'm going to make some tea and sandwiches. I'm going to bring them up. And whoever wants them can have them. And hopefully it helps. And, and you know, it sounds simple. But to me, that took courage. To me, that took courage. And in, if I was in her shoes, that would have taken me huge courage to just go and take action on that. So I just wanted to share that with you. Of course, we get better as we get older at taking courageous steps, whether that's big leaps in our business or our lives or relationships. Or, But there's also these moments of quiet courage and determination um, that we take in our lives. And it just it takes courage to pause and to be able to listen to your heart and to follow um, to follow your heart's guidance. I've got better at it over the years, but definitely then I was in my 20s, maybe 30s, early 30s, and uh, I still had a lot of work to do to get past all the BS in my mind and to actually listen to my heart. You know, later on in my life, I have lots of examples of you know, the angels popping in and going, Ashling, <laughs> go to Italy, move your family from Ireland to Italy. And me saying, OK, and in four months we were here. So, you know, having the courage to follow my heart in that instance. And I have lots of those stories, but they came later and with maturity. And and I just I just t- today I just want you to think about courage and I want you to maybe ask yourself a question. How am I being courageous right now in my life? How are you being courageous right now in your life? Where where does courage show up every single day? It could be with your children. It could be homeschooling. And it could be um, saying no to family members that are asking for your time Um. And you've been saying yes, yes, yes your whole life. And just suddenly today you just decide, I'm just going to say no to that because I know that saying no to that is saying yes to me. That's a whole other podcast. But I just wanted you to really think about um, how are you courageous right now in your life? And how would you like to bring the idea of courage into your life? What, what, Where would you like to bring more courage? And it can be as simple as saying no. It can be as simple as that. So I hope that this was helpful. My musings on courage and confidence. I am sending and asking Archangel Michael to go and stand beside you, look after you today, help you to have courage in whatever way you need it. Big leaps or tiny baby steps, whatever you need it. Sending you and your family love wherever you are in the world. And remember, an angel walks beside you today and every single day and every single step and breath of your life. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye.